Listeners, we are back. You're listening to another episode of Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. This is a podcast where three friends get together and talk about a horror movie, which we will spoil. But first, talk about Recently Watched, which we will try not to spoil. We thank the Moonrays for giving us that song, Intro Creature Features, at the top of the show. You can find their music on Apple Music or Amazon, where you can buy it digitally and say hello to them on Facebook, where they are the Moon Dash Rays. And uh, we're not professional critics. We're just three friends, and we like horror movies, and we draw stuff, and we're your hosts. I'm Richard. I'm here with Will. Hello. And Jolian. Buongiorno. And uh, we've watched some stuff and uh, done some things since last time, and uh, we're going to talk about it. So who wants to start Recently Watched? Well, I went first last time. You go. I'll go. Okay. Um, so I watched Fear Street Part 2. So this is uh, something you find on Netflix. And it's uh, basically teen slasher fare um, based on R.L. Stein's books. And it's um, directed by Lee Janiac. Is it Janiac? I wanna, I'm not going to pronounce it as a Y because this is probably an American. Uh, <laughs> and if I know nothing from having grown up in the Midwest, you know, in the greater Chicago area, people pronounce um, very uh, uh, Eastern European ethnic names very Midwesterny. So uh, it's kind of a why bother kind of a thing. Yeah, don't, don't don't try and make it sound like you're from that place when you say that name. So anyway. Uh, this is uh, based on the book series uh, of the same name by R.L. Stein, and it's uh, the second installment of a trilogy that Netflix has put forth. And they didn't just drop them all at once, so you had to wait and watch the second one and then wait and watch the third one. I have not gotten to the third one, which is uh, Fear Street Part 3, 1666. Huh. Oh. Yeah, which uh, I'm assuming is going to be about a witch who cursed this town. I talked about it last time. Um, but in this one, um, it takes place in uh, 1978, and some some kids are at a camp, and uh, they don't like this girl. They accuse her of stealing. They tie her to a tree, and uh, they're gonna like burn this girl like she's a witch, and uh, they don't. But the lines start to kind of blur on whether she actually is or isn't a witch. But this is uh, recently watched, so I'm not gonna spoil it. I'm just gonna say if you want to watch. Some witchy stuff, some kind of camp uh, stuff, and get that kind of summer vibe, that summer camp vibe, um, without any hockey masked killers or bag headed killers, depending on which movie. Um, yeah, this is this is good. I think you'll like it. Um, the one of the main characters uh, is named Ziggy, and we have a friend mm. of the show named Ziggy who's uh, on sometimes. Miss Ziggy. Yeah. We'll have to do a show with her very soon. Um, the guys installing the floor here at the house, for some reason, I was uh, on their second visit. I can talk to somebody for five minutes and all of a sudden we're talking about horror movies. I don't know how it happens. Uh, oh, uh, the one guy complimented me on my monster tattoos. And he said that his wife has a bunch of 80s stuff, including some of the robots from the 80s movies. But then... Um, like short circuit and stuff like that. And she has a couple of monster movie tattoos also from the eighties. And I said, Oh, so she likes lost boys and stuff like that. And, uh, and I said, you know what? Ask her if she's ever seen near dark also came out in, uh, 1986. And in my opinion, it's the, I believe you mean 1997, <laughs> 1997. Who's <laughs> counting, right? Big <laughs> yeah. Everything came out in 97. Um, but, uh, this one uh, near dark. Okay. 
I mentioned it to these guys and then my wife is nearby and says, um, what's all this? Uh, you never told me about near dark. And I'm like, you mean I didn't make you watch it? Mm-hmm. She's like, no, it sounds like something I'd want to see. Yeah. Cause I mentioned how it's got, you know, Bill Paxton and then the, t- um, Le- uh, Lance Henriksen and, and, uh, what's, th- what's the lady's name? Catherine uh, Bigelow. Oh, yeah. Catherine Bigelow. Yeah. She's got this ensemble cast that she borrowed from her then boyfriend, later husband, mm-hmm. um, James Cameron from the aliens movie. Uh, uh, oh my goodness. Um, Jeanette Goldstein. She plays Diamondback in this one, but she's the badass Marine, uh, along with Bill Paxton in, in, uh, Aliens. Uh, this, this one is great. It's about a roving group of vampires who do little, uh, tricks to trap people and then drink their blood. And they, they've got their whole thing figured out and they've been kicking around maybe since the civil war, best we can tell from some stuff that some wardrobe cues and some things that Lance Henriksen's character says. But, uh, yeah, there's a kind of a cowboy kid that meets a girl on the road and, uh, Jenny Wright who plays may and she's kind of maybe new at this vampire thing. And she, instead of just drinking all of his blood, she kind of likes him. So she stops. And this means that she turns him and the rest of this group is kind of mad. They don't want some new guy. They don't want this cowboy character. Uh, they're not trying to be the village people, so they don't need a cowboy. Um, but they, uh, they're going to try and initiate him and make it really rough on him. And one of the scenes that's my favorite is they go into this kind of hick bar and Bill Paxton's mm. character just goes completely bananas. Uh, Severin. I like his name is Severin. And he's got these razor sharp spurs. And he's just like fearlessly going around messing with everybody. And then acts like he's just goofing off. But then turns around and does something really awful. And of course, mayhem ensues. Their plan is to just drink everyone's blood and then burn the place down. And it just looks like a fire. That killed everyone it goes on and other cool stuff happens again highly recommend it not going to spoil it because it's a recently watched and uh that was pretty much it for this time i did watch uh i think i mentioned last time that i watched the heist series on netflix um i did a few weeks ago watch um the latest of uh black summer which hilariously is uh set in winter this time uh it's a very good zombie series on netflix uh as someone who kind of um criticizes uh um netflix for not having good horror uh that's a really good series i don't know where they picked it up but it's great um it's just really dystopian just dark And it moves you from character to character or from group to group to where you don't even expect them to live. You don't know if the people you're traveling along with are going to be the heroes or or the victims. So totally worth a watch. Um, Again, I may have mentioned it a few weeks ago, but I maybe didn't. So I'm mentioning it now. Uh, And then um, tonight's movie, Fried Berry. That's it. Somebody should make a zombie utopian. Yeah, everything's fine. The zombies are fine. We we They're, use the zombies, you know, as like slave labor. Yeah, we don't have any qualms. Well, that that's the premise of Fido. You ever um, you ever watch Fido? No, I've never seen Fido. Oh, you should see it. Billy Connolly. Yeah, Billy Connolly, which is so weird. He's such an uh, eloquent uh, comedian, and uh, he's playing a zombie. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they uh, they have everything under control until they don't. Surprise! How it always goes. Yeah, I think so. Um, Jolien, you want to go next? Uh, yeah, when I forgot to mention last week, uh, the new Ben Wheatley movie. You know, he did uh, Field in England, High mm. Rise. Very, yeah, very trippy movies, and yeah. this, is, this is no exception. This is um, in the earth. Okay. Um, Got a, a people are there's this is filmed during last year, and uh, you've got uh, some researchers that are out in a forest 
and uh, they've they've got this bubble um, so and then anyone who comes in has to be decontaminated um, so this new fellow arrives and uh, he's going to go with one of these rangers out into the woods in England uh, where there's this another researcher um, I, I've forgotten my notes on this so uh, uh, but she's she's been out there for months okay and there's no contact from her there's no like phone service in this area and uh, uh, they've got a they've got to walk out like for two days to to find her wow and uh, so they they head out and uh, the um, the second day they come across this tent which has got some toys in it so they, they know there's some kind of family there but there's no one around now and then the second night they get attacked you don't see who it is because they're just they're in these small individual tents and they just get beaten unconscious and then when they wake up all that's been stolen is their shoes but you know that some traps have been set in these woods which is going to catch them mm. and uh, um they they come across this guy who's very friendly, and uh, uh, he knows a bit. Uh, he knows enough um, surgery to be able to sew up this guy's foot, and uh, but you know, this being a horror movie, you know, <laughs> uh, so it feels like it's going to go a bit Wolf Creek for a bit, and it kind of does. It gets it gets pretty gruesome, but uh, that's that's just like halfway through. This is a Ben Wheatley movie. So it gets really trippy. Yeah. Because what the whole the whole thing is, um, what's been set up is, I forget what the word for it is, but um, fungi spread out in a kind of um, uh, radial mm-hmm. pattern, and they link up, and they can link link up with trees. So there's yeah. this whole uh, uh, community, and they they suspect that it, this stretches across the country, which it might well do because there's like fungi colonies which stretch across whole states. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that uh, so uh, yeah, I can't really give it give away much. But what happens is uh, they've they've met this guy, and they've got to get away from him. But then they've got to find this other woman who's even deeper into the woods, and she's been experimenting with sound and light to communicate with the, the mushrooms, the green, and so it gets uh, it just gets really trippy. Uh, and because this the whole mythology of these woods is based on sound and light, um, it plays a lot with that. And the the, the soundtrack is really good. It's uh, Clint Mansell working with. Uh, Ben Wheatley again, um, and uh, what he did for this soundtrack was uh, you can mic up plants because they emit sound. sounds, and uh, so he uses that in the sound. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's neat. Yeah, it gets really freaky. Uh, I, I enjoyed this one. Yeah, uh, Field in England is yeah <laughs> such a trippy movie. That's it's, that's been on my radar, and and I can't remember what. It's about, it's, but it's like it's during the English Civil War, and a couple of soldiers. I think they're on opposite sides. They 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 come into this field, and there's uh, and they, they eat mushrooms. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That sounds great. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, it's so good. It it starts off, it's kind of funny and dark, and mm-hmm. then it just gets so incredibly trippy. I like it. Uh, you know. Yeah, I have not seen High Rise. I'll have to watch High Rise. is wild. That's like uh, based on the uh, <coughs> novel by um, who wrote Crash. Um, oh, I'm blanking his name now. Ballard? Ballard, yeah. Um, it, yeah, I, I, I like that one too. I'll have to check that one out because I enjoyed a, a Field in England. Yeah, I, I've liked most of uh, Ben Wheatley's movies. Yeah, he seems like someone to watch. Yeah, so uh, yeah, recommend that one. Uh, I watched it on Canopy. Mm. Which is the yeah. service through the library, the library. Yeah. so it's free. Oh, cool! Um, but anyway, uh, the other films I watched were all directed by uh, Umberto Lenzi. Oh, nice! Not nice. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> all I'd seen of him before is uh, his, his straight-up horror films. I he, he he's the guy who invented the Italian cannibal movie mm-hmm. 
and uh, I saw those because uh, at the time they were banned in England, so I had to see everything else banned. Yeah, tell tell you you can't watch it. That's a sure way to get yeah. you to watch it. So uh, yeah, the first one was Man from Deep River from 1972. Okay. And then he did uh, Eaten Alive in 1980, which is kind of goes into Jim Jones territory. Mm. And then um, Cannibal Ferox in 1981, which is just most extreme. Yeah. And this is like killing actual animals yeah on the screen and stuff he does that a lot um he there's a uh, one of his giallo is called knife of ice and that starts straight off with a bullfight and they kill the bull and then later on a kitten is poisoned i don't know if that did that for real but and i've watched like 16 or so of his films now and like about half of them an animal dies at some point and in the cannibal movies it's for real um but yeah, he, he's he's just one of those Italian directors who's who's done every genre that was popular at the time. Um, so he's done Jolly and uh, um, uh, uh, adventure movies, um, spy movies. Uh, so uh, yeah, I mean, he, he's very prolific. He died a couple of years ago. Yeah. But, uh, anyway, I'm doing the cover for a book about him that's coming out sometime, you know, months down the road. Hmm. So uh, uh, I wanted to watch a range of his films, um, and I'm finding I, I'm very bored by most. <laughs> bored and disgusted. <laughs> yeah, bored and disgusted. That's the range of emotions. Um, so uh, I can't recommend his Jelly. Um, I think Seven Bloodstained Orchids is probably the better one of the ones I've seen. Um, I haven't seen Orgasmo yet. Um, but I think that's the only one of his Jello I haven't Jelly I haven't seen. Uh, my favorite movie of his is Nightmare City, which is like the semi the plague infected zombie one yeah. where they're running. So it's the first running zombie movie. Uh, it's the one where they pile out of a plane and and take over the city, and it's just so <laughs> nuts. Oh, it's totally but, nuts. Yeah, I'm not saying it's a good movie, but it's entertaining from start to finish. Um, so. Uh, yeah, um, they're, they're usually well shot, but he just seems disinterested in what he's filming. It just seems pretty bland, and the, the music's usually this kind of easygoing lounge music instead of a driving score. Yeah. So it's kind of kind of dull, but um, they're very nice looking. Um, I mean, he was doing Jolly before Argento was. Um, he oh, did wow. So sweet, so perverse. Um, which is a, a, a another good looking one. Um, he did a whole bunch of movies with Carol Brown. Um, but yeah, I I, I I know people really like him. He's he's got a cult following, but I just don't get it. I'm, I like his uh, his police thrillers are probably the most uh, exciting movies he's done, like a Violent Naples. Oh, okay. Delivers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's just like violence from start to finish. Um, but uh, yeah. Um, anyway, I'm, I'm I'm plowing my way through those. Nice. Um, yeah, I'm trying to figure out which one. I just watched a Lindsay movie, and I can't remember what it was. I lent you Nightmare City. I've seen Nightmare City. Yeah, this is a, a Jallo, and I can't remember what it was. Um, well, I. I have seen Seven Bloodstained Orchids, Paranoia, aka it was paranoia, a Quiet Place to it. Kill. That was it. It was Paranoia. Uh, yeah, that, that one's basically a, his take on uh, Purple Noon. That mm-hmm. um, it wasn't bad. So I sweet, didn't so perverse. It. Knife of Ice, which is the one with the bullfight. Spasmo. Eyeball. Hmm? Eyeball. <laughs> that's the American title. In the Italian, the, the Italian title is something like. Uh, uh, the Red Cat in a Glass Labyrinth. Oh, wow. I actually restored, I found a really high-resolution scan of Eyeball, and it's such a garish poster, I restored yeah. it so it could be printed out. Nice. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Yeah, uh, you wonder how something like this could be dull, right? Coach <laughs> trip of American tourists go to Barcelona and uh, Sitges, mm-hmm. and, uh, and someone is knocking them off one by one for some reason and taking out the left eye okay <laughs> and uh the killer's dressed in a red uh, like raincoat and red gloves this time and they have a st- stiletto to do their dirty business with 
Um, how can that be dull? But yeah. It, but it is. It's, but it is. <laughs> I, I was just nodding off all the time. Oh. <laughs> Man. So, uh, oh yeah, that's that, a great. Film, that, that was yeah. I just brought that up on screen here. Yeah, it's the screaming woman clutching her eye and the red cloaked Grim Reaper behind her holding it out and some kind of spirograph looking graphic around them. A blinding vision of horror. Joseph Brenner presents Eyeball. Do they still make spirographs? Uh, this Do you think kids would know what a spirograph is? No. They couldn't use a rotary phone if they had to. <laughs> Have you ever seen videos of where they're like, here's some millennials trying to figure out how to use a rotary phone? No, I've not seen that. Uh, it's funny. But I've watched several uh, people who, who've never heard punk music listen to the Dead Kennedys. Oh, wow. How do they react? <laughs> oh, man. One guy's like... He's, you know, killed the poor, comes on, and he's like, who is this asshole? <laughs> Thankfully, every one of them quickly realizes, oh, he's he's not being serious. He's being snarky and sarcastic. Yes. Singing from someone else's point of view. But I had forgotten how shocking punk could be. Mm. Oh, yeah. If you play it for people who, you know, have only listened to, like, Christian music for the last... 30 years or think that green day is punk or exactly think green day is but, punk. you know like yeah. pop punk is not punk when you compare it to actual punk yeah i like you know blink 182 it's like yeah that's it's really, not punk yeah punk died in about 1983 yeah that's about right <laughs> it didn't last very long yeah but it had no future <laughs> and that's the idea. No future. It was, it was huge in uh, England, on, and you had, oh, you had yeah. like uh, seventy six, seventy seven. The the music was massive, but the the uh, what became the post punk stuff was really interesting. Yeah. But the whole the whole punk ethos was the important thing. It wasn't it wasn't the fashion that was just like for tourist postcards. It yeah. Wasn't, it wasn't the music because that was generally punk bands were basically bar bands. Yeah, they're not great. Um, not interesting, but the post-punk stuff, like the the Susie and the mm-hmm. oh, yeah. Cure and Clash and uh, so on, uh, that that didn't regard themselves as punk. They did really amazing music for several years. Yeah, yeah. And, and there was a uh, a fusion of uh, like the reggae dance hall kind of stuff that came yeah. in with like the jam and. Uh, I, f- I forget where it was, but there's a certain store. Uh, it was like clothing and odd odd not things, but that. Um, the, there was a guy who went on to be a, a really famous DJ. He's still going, um, but um, he played lots of reggae music. And the, just down the street from them was the shop Sex, which was the yeah. clothing store where you know, they bought a lot of the, the bondage gear and stuff that went into punk fashion. Yeah, and they also used to come de- into this store and listen to punk. So like, you know, the Clash went there and, and so on. So they got a lot of their reggae sound from there. Yeah, that's nice. so cool. You know, it, it's like. It came from somewhere, and, and and you can actually trace it on this particular thing. <laughs> it is so cool. Yeah, I like uh, listening to stuff from that era also, you know, because you, you had uh, people who were definitely disenchanted with everything who made punk, and then people who got disenchanted with punk who made the next thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like no one has any right to be disenchanted by anything now. So, well, that's not true, is it? But no. <laughs> they don't have as much yeah, around. There should be more angry bands around. There should be. That's what I think. I mean, where are the angry bands? Well, it's like asking, you know, we all have a high-powered computer with a with a really stellar camera built into it. Where are all the uh, UFO uh, <laughs> films that we should be seeing, you know? Well, the problem is that very device, everyone's got their head pointed down into it instead of looking up at the sky. Oh, I thought you were going to say punk bands were like UFOs and they're all bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) No. UFOs are real. Punk is not. (laughs) We just don't know what the UFOs are. Because they're they're unidentified. Um, Are we going to find out later that it was whatever replaced the stealth bomber? Maybe. Possibly, yeah. 
people were saying it was like a flying wing and it made impossible maneuvers. And it's like, yeah, now we know what that is. So it's quite possible that the Tic Tac is uh, some know, sort of drone, some sort of drone that that we're in control of. And we're just trying someone's to, in control of we're trying to freak out China, I think, is what's happening because mm. we're going, we don't know what it is, but check it out. I think it's what we're saying. That yeah, that may well be the case. Yeah. Um, as Americans, we're supposed to be frightening, right? Uh, are we not? Well, that's what I'm saying. We're supposed to be because we actually are. Mm-hmm. We're we're scary to you are. <laughs> hey, you're an American now too. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> you are duty bound to be more frightening. Yeah, I'll try and be more frightening. Okay. Future. Recently watched, I watched uh, The Bog. The Bog. Which is a... Uh, there's two movies listed on... I'm going to say Tubi, because I like Tubi now. It's got a lot of crap on it I've not seen anywhere else. Uh, it does have commercials, but they're short. The films are uncut. That's pretty good. Uh, the Bog is... Uh, there's two movies on there, and I can't remember the other one. Uh, something in paradise, terror in paradise or something. But one of them comes up and the description is while fishing with dynamite, you know, an ancient <laughs> lizard man is awoken from the bottom of the lake and kills people or goes on a rampage, something like that. The very next movie is basically the exact same description except it's in Hawaii. So it's Dollar Store Godzilla. So I was like, well, okay, I'll watch the first one from 1978. The other one's like 1987. Uh, Low budget, made in Wisconsin, I believe, with the Chicago crew. Uh, Very unconventional cast. You have the fat southern sheriff. He's not southern. He's in Wisconsin. but How sweaty is he? He's fairly sweaty. Okay. Uh, but the best part is you have the country doctor and, uh, and a pathologist, and they're, uh, sh- they're both probably in their 50s, and they fall in love. So you have this like romance going on with these two people who are not conventional uh, you know, stars in the least. Um, yeah, uh, they knew the monster looked like crap, so they don't show it very much till the very end. And then they overshow it. But uh, it's kind of effective at the first part. Uh, you've got two couples at the very beginning that make you wonder why anyone ever got married. Because uh, it just seems like all these movies. What's this title again? The Bog. The Bog. I have to look up The Bog and see what this crappy monster I looks like. I saw this under a different title. It's probably got a different title. It looks like one of those that it was a, a drive-in mm staple for years uh, creature of black Lake something, something yeah it's got like a fish looking man yeah, with claw yeah. hands uh oh you know what i grabbed this poster about a month month and a half ago because it is so outstanding mm-hmm. uh, it's got major underboob on this uh on this major uh, underboobs my favorite <laughs> military person <laughs> uh, he served under general horseplay <laughs> yeah so there's this creature dragging this woman it's an illustration which makes it acceptable because if this was a photograph it would just be exploitive but because it's an illustration um they're yeah. just lines on paper people yep that's all it is um so the monster in actuality oh here we go here's a still from the yeah. Oh, it's yeah. crappy. Oh, no shit. Really? Yeah, it's pretty bad. Wow, it's just... He's got, like, a fish head. Yeah. Um, you can tell that it's a it's a, a mask <laughs> draped over his shoulders. I like this. How bad is it? It didn't get released for four years. The only VH, VHS copies are from 1984. Uh-huh. Does it give alternative titles? Uh, let's see. It's uh, It's clearly from a VHS copy. Oh my watch, gosh. you know, it's got like a little bit of tracking issue at the very bottom. Um, but yeah, oh, not, wow. not horrible. 
It's got I like mean, a big eye and some flippers. Uh huh. Yeah, I actually like the couple in that. Yeah, I like the it's couple scientists. quite a bit. At some point, uh, they're trying to make something to attract the uh, creature. And she goes, let's go see what we can find in the storeroom. And he goes, is that a proposition? And she tells him, well, you'll have to find out. <laughs> <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> wink, wink, yeah. Um, it says Aldo Ray was in this. Uh-huh. Now, he was in uh, We're No Angels with Humphrey Bogart, wasn't he? Wasn't it Peter Ustinov and I Aldo so, Ray? Yeah. He's in Naked in the Dead. Yeah. yeah. He always plays kind of a tough Oh yeah, mm-hmm. he, he plays was the, tough. He was yeah, like, he was an actual tough yeah, guy. Green, he was there. Yeah, that if if you haven't seen We're No Angels, I know that uh, there's another movie by the same title, but the one with Bogart and Ustinov and Aldo Ray is great. It's three escaped prisoners who uh, they're just trying to blend in and and uh, kind of pass as normal people. I think if I'm remembering it right, and then uh, finish making their escape. Yeah, he, he was a he was another one of those heavy drinkers who ended up in some real bottom of the barrel crud in the seventies. Oh, yeah, that's too bad. I think he plays the sheriff in that. Then I watched another one called Street Girls, also a Tubi uh, <laughs> gem, we shall say. Uh, I watched it because I thought it would be seedy New York City from the mm. from the mid to late seventies. But it's nineteen ninety seven, which I love. It was nineteen ninety seven. Uh, uh, written by Barry Levinson. Uh, strangely enough, director of such films as Rain Man and others. I can't remember <laughs> off the top of my head right now. But uh, he did. Uh, he was a producer on Homicide, uh, Life on the Streets TV show. Mm. Uh, with David Simon, who went on to do The Wire. Anyway, this is a exploitive, you know, film about street girls. Uh, it shows a couple scenes outside, but for the most part, they're just in a seedy bar, strip bar. <laughs> uh, some of the girls turn tricks in the back. Skeezy guy's got some girl locked up in an apartment. He's uh, feeding her drugs and trying to turn her out. Uh, her dad shows up to, her dad's looking for her. He's going around uh, bar to bar, and uh, he gets really excited when he goes in the strip bar. He, he runs into this kid on the street because they say, oh, yeah, I think your daughter Angel lives at such and such hotel. And he goes down there, and it's all bombed out, uh, just a shell of a building. But there's a kid there, and he goes, hey, do you know do you know an Angel? Know some girl named such and such because oh yeah that's my sister i'll take you to their bar where they dance and he goes and uh yeah dad's really excited at first he's like this is great <laughs> like he's never been in a strip bar before is it he's better just, than the one in vamp yes <laughs> a lot better it, it looks like an actual bar it's it's a real sleazy place uh but anyway and he's kind of a fat midwestern looking dude um not a great movie. Uh, the kid he runs into, though, is a cross-dresser, but they don't treat it as being abnormal or anything. Mm. They're just kind of like, oh, yeah, he dresses as mod sometimes. Yeah. That's who he is. I thought that was kind of refresh- refreshing. Yeah. Um, anyway, I get to the end of the movie, and I'm like, well, it wasn't great. There wasn't a lot in New York City. Turns out, it's not filmed in New York at all. It's filmed in Eugene, Oregon. Oh, my God. Not even Vancouver, which you would kind of expect. Uh, Vancouver doubles is everything. Yeah, but I don't think that was till the 90s. That's true. Because they yeah. did uh, tax breaks, I imagine, for film crews. Yeah. Yeah, the X-Files opened the door on that whole thing. Yeah. I think the best is probably... Uh, rumble in the bronx yes because there's mountains <laughs> clearly mountains in the background you're like, mm, not anywhere near the bronx it's the west wherever the this rumble is <laughs> you use a telephoto lens and the appellations look really close yeah. the same thing happens in the shitty uh michael bay transformers movie they're like outside New York City, sliding down these Alp-like mountains in a in a tractor trailer. Yes, I watched that film, and yes, it was terrible. 
It was well, one of the most soulless things I've ever seen. It was bizarre. But, but at least the cart was turned into things. No, but neither <laughs> did the turtles, I guess. Oh, okay. Uh, but that's it. Let's talk about fried berry. Fried berry! Uh, I picked this one uh, not knowing anything about it except I'd heard the name batted around. I, Yeah, when you mentioned it, I had seen the picture scrolling through Shutter a couple times and had almost landed on it, but then always ended up picking something else. Yeah, um, this one I found out after watching it and doing a little reading that it uh, started as a short. Yes. Yeah. And... I couldn't imagine taking this movie and editing it down to anything shorter than maybe 20, 25 minutes, because uh, you could really rampage through his day quickly if you wanted to. Um, it, it took me a few minutes, and then I recognized some uh, some of the language being spoken as Afrikaans. Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually knew a couple people from Johannesburg really? back in the day, and uh, and I didn't even know it was a language until I met them. And oh yeah yeah so uh yeah i recognized it it's and like went, the it's like third a, most spoken language in south africa I yeah believe. apparently and uh its origins are interesting i actually looked that up too you know because i was curious like well what is this a what is this a blend of obviously it's a blend of something it's a total creole language and uh and uh, here I can... It's largely Dutch. Yeah, that's the that's the crazy part. It sounded like Dutch. Oh, what was that? What's that musical group uh, that's so bizarre? Um, the girl with the crazy bangs. Uh, uh, oh, oh, die, the der, <laughs> die Antwerd. Yes, the Antwerd. Yeah, 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 we got it. It was it was hiding in there somewhere. The pandemic yeah. was long. <laughs> it was like the guy's name was Ninja something. Yeah, the Antwerd. Yeah. Um, so let's see. It's a West Germanic language spoken in South Africa, uh, Botswana, uh, Zambia, and Zimbabwe. Um, it's a Creole language that evolved during the 19th century under colonialism in Southern Africa. Its simplified, creolized language had mainly roots in Dutch, mixed with seafarer variants of Malay, Portuguese, Indonesian, and uh, indigenous Koiko? I don't know this. K-H-O-E, K-H-O-E. <laughs> I don't know that. Never heard mm. of that. And San language. So um, you hear this, and it's like, what the hell is this language being spoken? And what city is this? It's a massive city. What is going on here? And... Uh, this guy Barry is just kind of trucking around being a junkie, and it's you, Cape, it's Cape, Cape Town. Town. Cape Town, yes. Um, so you you didn't know much about South Africa, not much. And uh, so it's like here's a guy in a city. I don't know where they're supposed to be, and as they're showing a pretty big city, I'm watching this thing going. Um, I hear accents of different sorts. But they're speaking English, and then they're speaking other languages, and then turns out, I'm like, oh, that sounds like that Afrikaans. So, well, well, like like most countries in the world, uh, my people fought wars with them, so uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm familiar with uh, more yeah. familiar with South Africa. We had two wars against the Boers. Oh man, yeah. <sighs> some really bad stuff happened there. Yeah, so we invented concentration camps. Oh yep. man, and. These, not extermination camps, but no. But the Boers used to the the men would took off, take off for the hills because they could only fight guerrilla fighting. Right, and uh, uh, so the, the British routed up all the women and children into the towns and made concentration camps. Hmm, man. So uh, what uh, what years are we talking on this? This would be turn of the last century. Oh, okay. So Winston Churchill was a young officer. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. In the Boer War. So this this was uh, still in the days of the sun didn't set on the empire. Yeah, pit helmets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So we're talking a lot of a uh, lot of hard feelings in India as well. Yep. Yep. Yeah. There's there's a lot of a uh, lot of feelings <laughs> for those times. I, we, yeah, we take time off to fight the Zulus as well. Yeah. <laughs> A lot to unpack there. <laughs> yeah, so much. 
so this takes place in Cape Town, which uh, I know very little about. It's a much bigger city than uh, I would have expected. Oh, it's huge. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of saddened when I see these cities and other other films because they all look so mm-hmm. uniform anymore. Because, you know, you didn't know where this was taking place. No. It was a big city. But, yeah, it could be anywhere other yeah. than, like, the language cues. Right. You know, it was... Yeah. There's so many cities that are like that. We watched a video a while back uh, about a guy who was, he just filmed, or maybe it was a woman, I don't know who filmed it, uh, just walking around Seoul, South Korea. Mm-hmm. It could be Denver. <laughs> Billings. Other than seeing some signs in Korean, most of them were in English, and it looked just like Denver. Looked like the uh. same sort of weather, same sort of place. You're like, oh, that's kind of sad that, you know, other than this, you know, ancient shrine they have here that he walks by. Oh, yeah. It, it looks like, you know, Lodo. <laughs> Lower downtown here in Denver. Uh yeah, it's kind of sad, you know. Uh, Under the Skin came out, and they go to Glasgow, and it, it looked it could be, you know, Seattle or Chicago or yeah. You don't know at first just by looking. Yeah, they all look the same anymore. Yeah, it's weird. Um, yeah, this character is uh, trucking along, being a junkie. Uh huh. And he's uh, not well regarded at home. His wife's mad at him. His kid doesn't know what's going on. Uh, he just really wants to leave and go find some more heroin. And uh, he's also he's also like getting money some horrible way off people. Yeah, yeah. He's he's got he's running a lot of scams. He's not a good dude, best we could tell. He looks like he smells bad. Um, and pretty early in the movie, he's abducted by aliens, uh, and they do some sort of typical alien experiments and modifications to him. And it appears that they just took him out of him and put some sort of alien consciousness into him. Yeah. And did something with his reproductive organs. They give him a good probing. Yeah. 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 They, they uh, gave us a really clear shot of his penis and they did something with a metal rod. Yeah. Some sort of tube into the end of it. And send him on his way. Mm-hmm. He's out doing whatever it is aliens do. Now, I have to ask you guys, um, at first you see this actor and you think he looks really rough. He does look like a junkie. What did you think when he went kind of full star man? And I'm referencing the Jeff Bridges movie. Mm-hmm. This reminded me right away of star man. Cause he's, he's moving very unnaturally. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you think of this guy's physical acting? I thought it was really good. Jolene, what do yeah, you think? Yeah, he's really good. He, he's, this is his first leading role, I think. He's, he's Gary Green? Yeah. Yeah, he's a, yeah, he's stunt, been a stunt man, man evidently. Yeah. A lot of movies. So he's probably not afraid to do anything that they ask him to do for this. Yeah. Yeah. No, I thought it was great. He was very expressive because he doesn't talk much in the movie. Yeah, it's done early. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you know, when someone tells him to make a noise, he makes weird screams, but... The facial expressions. Holy crap. I couldn't believe the stuff he was doing. And there was only one part in the movie where I, you could identify it was CG, where there was someone, like, he took some acid or something, and then he saw someone else's face warp. But all of his own facial warping was, best was I could tell, his own. His, yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, so his, uh, his, his trek through uh, Cape Town, what did you think? I mean, like, were the aliens giving him some sort of, uh, like, psychic ability to attract people to him? Because, because these women love him. They, yeah, they should not be interested in this. <laughs> Everyone with drugs rushes up and gives him drugs, whether he asks or not. Uh-huh. They like, stick a needle in him or pop a pill in him. Right. Every woman wants to sleep with him. <laughs> and the first one, he uses a condom. And he just doesn't seem to understand why and what's going on and she seems happy and then kicks him out the next woman no condom and all of a sudden she has a very quick pregnancy and a very very quick painful birth wow yeah this is like body horror stuff right off the get 
yeah. Um, what do you think of the special effects for that scene? Oh, that was pretty gory. I mean, that was almost Cronenberg level. Mm-hmm. You know, that was crazy. Like, um, looking on on um, like Rotten Tomatoes, and, and most of the people are giving it a positive review, which I was kind of expecting to be like, I kind of liked this. And I was sort of expecting other people to just be like, eh, it's total garbage. It was, you know, incoherent and weird and that. But most people were like, it's not easy to describe, but it's crazy. You should see it. But um, is there anything about it that didn't work? I thought it was too long. Yeah. So I, I short would have think been too short, short would have been great. But the short that it was was like a three-minute movie. Oh, no, it needed to be longer than that. Uh, but half an hour? Yeah. I think I could have gotten a sense of what was going on. Um, I was dull by the time they drug him off to the... Uh, uh, I was bored. It was uh, about the time they drug him off to the uh, mental hospital. Yeah. I was kind of like, uh, this has just gone on too long. It's too long. I don't mind. I don't care anymore. I was also a bit confused, although they did mention it in the beginning, where the kids that were... Trafficked? Being, being trafficked, yeah. But they do mention at the beginning that, like, 18 children have gone missing in Cape Town over the last couple of months. But it just seemed to kind of come out of nowhere. Like, why did the guy drag him there if he found him on the street all beat up? Uh, I didn't. I didn't understand that. It just seemed to be like... The movie needed to go to the next scene, yeah. so they they dragged the character there. But he the, wouldn't have been trafficked. Why? Right. And then, I, then all the kids, he rescues the kids, and the police all turn up. Then they immediately dump him in jail. Yeah, they don't like, ask any of the kids. the kids. They, they don't, don't find that building. body of the guy who was the trafficker. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's where it kind of lost me. It was like... Didn't the, didn't the guy who dragged him down there say something about, you're different too, or... There's something about you, I think he says. Yeah, you've got some kind of mission in you. Yeah. So I kind of wonder if that was more of the alien um, mental takeover happening. Maybe. Yeah, because the the girl that was there that he first helped escape Mm -hmm. before they unlocked all the children, uh, she knew something was different about him, and she had something about her. Yeah. They never really said what it was. Um, yeah, I kind of felt like it didn't need to unfold to the next chapter. Like maybe he should have just walked right through the middle of all the cops and walked away and maybe the aliens release him from his, you know, from the hold that they had on him or whatever. And that could have been a nice ending, but yeah, off to the mental hospital. So we do go another chapter. Uh, Yeah. Uh, By the time they finally did the repo man ending, um, yeah. Do you remember Repo Man? Uh-huh. Yeah, where they lift the uh, car up into the air. Uh, it kind of had that feeling to it. I did like that his kid was looked just like him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was bizarre. Uh, it's pretty weird. Um, yeah, this is one of those movies that, although I ended up not really liking it because i think it went on too long uh, a little too long i think uh it's one of those movies that i'm really glad that they make it makes me <laughs> really like horror because you can take these bizarre i mean the idea is maybe not that bizarre but the the execution the of it. execution is very bizarre and it probably didn't cost them too much money to make this yeah, it kind of felt like uh, it was it was mainly uh, skilled people with cameras following a actor who can really control his weird expressions. Yeah, they evidently did like a three day kind of scene right. Didn't really you know nail down anything and just made the movie. Ah, oh, so, so weird. Um, you know, um, could could you guys compare it to anything else? Oh yeah. Um, firstly. This felt really 90s. This felt like Tarantino becomes a big name. And then so many people come out of film school wanting to, oh, this is something shocking. Yeah. And there's no depth to it. 
is just to to get them, get a splash on the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it kept reminding me of all these other films. Like the the immediate one I thought of was Bad Boy Bobby, mm-hmm. which came out in the early nineties, I think. I don't know this one. That's about this guy. He grows up. He he's about thirty years old, but he's been kept in this one room. He has no idea of the the outside world. And then his mother, who's been keeping him there, dies, and he gets out into the outside world. And uh, people just uh, react to him, and he's got a complete innocence about him. So it's this kind of dark version of being there. Um, they did something like that with Brendan Fraser. Where he was in a bomb shelter, right? So, so uh, yeah. So it's that it's that idea of this okay innocent. So then, then of course you think uh, man who fell to earth, mm-hmm. the brother um, from another planet, uh, brother from another planet. That's a big one. That's a really good yeah. film. Um, uh, Under the skin, yep, fantastic film. Yep. So the you know these most of these are way better than I, I, I love, I love yeah. those movies. Yeah. yeah. And then the earliest uh, example I can think of would be The Idiot, which is the Fyodor Dostoevsky film, uh, a novel, um, which Kurosawa filmed in the early 50s. But uh, The Idiot, you have this, there's this old Russian idea of the, uh, what is it, I forget what the Russian is, Eurodevni or something, but the the holy idiot who's who's a good, innocent person Mm -hmm. in a corrupt world. And so when Dostoevsky wrote the novel, he uh, he had this character who's supposed to be this example of a, a good human being, and he's he's intelligent. He's not stupid, but um, because he's he's genuine and good, he's in, and he's in this corrupt world. Uh, he gets brought down by it, and uh, people, uh, the way people react to someone like that, um, reveals how corrupt they are or how perverting they are um or inhumane or what have yeah. you and and then when he was writing the novel he didn't know what was going to happen next so it's got this similar sort of episodic chaotic structure oh wow which a lot of these these stories have where uh uh it, it's you, he he put this character in a situation and then see what happens interesting so it's got this kind of similar structure to it but um but uh, that's as, as close as the resemblance gets, really. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I, I was thinking of all these other better films. Candide is kind of that sort of. Uh, he's a little more of a like uh, hopeless optimist. He's always thinking that this is the best possible world. Uh-huh. And it's clearly not. <laughs> and he just constantly goes through those little. I think that was popular storytelling. It's you know it may have been ep- released episodically, or at least that was a popular form. So yeah, it's got that feel of like the author doesn't know where this is going. Right. So the people he just wanders through life kind of blissfully unaware while the world falls apart and everybody's like, this is the worst possible world ever, you know? <laughs> no, it's great. Yeah, it's it's interesting. You know, because I, I also was reminded of uh, Under the Skin, and then I was thinking of Starman, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because of the physical acting that went into it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, this this didn't need, you know, the next thing and the next thing as far as what the character goes through. But um, I kind of feel like this could have failed so much worse than to have just been a little too long. And oh yeah, or to be a little more derivative if you really think about it or dig into it. Um, just generally, in, you know, for me, this was it was entertaining to watch, and not knowing anything about it going into it, I was pleasantly surprised. Um, yeah, I want to see more people take chances and do crazy things. Yes, yeah, you know, even yeah, if definitely. even if you can criticize it at the end, uh, it's better than just like one more formulaic crappy zombie movie, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, where somebody who's like, "Oh, I'm so inspired because George Romero did it." Yeah, he did it starting in 1967, 
and it took a little while to get it edited. But, but, but I named characters after George Romero. Yeah, yeah, I'm so clever. I named them after all the horror directors. Stop doing that. Speaking of which, the director of this is last name is Kruger, <laughs> which yeah. is really funny. Uh, debut apparently, um, directorial he's, he's a debut. Pop video director. Oh, okay. That makes sense. So feature feature length film, this was the debut, but yeah, okay. So pop videos, huh? That explains some of the uh crazy editing, crazy yeah, lighting yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. The music. Oh yeah, the the music was so techno like yeah, manic. I, I like the techno yeah, yeah. Uh, soundtrack on this. Have you guys ever seen Crank? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Did this remind you of that at all? Yeah. Yeah, guy, I could see that. Yeah, where the it guy didn't is. come to me, but yeah, I could see that. There was a scene early on when he's walking through uh, the city at night. He's just become an alien. Uh, <clears throat> that really reminded me of the Terminator. <laughs> the way he's walking and looking around, and he's like, just the way he moves his head and the camera shot was like, oh, this is this guy like the Terminator. He's in observation mode. Yeah. yeah. Kind of interesting. So, but like I said, you know, I, I'm kind of glad that this is out there. You know, uh, yeah. I don't know that I'd recommend it. It'd have to be kind of someone I know who likes something a little different, or maybe. some, or somebody says, "Shock me with something new that's weird but kind of good." And yeah. yeah, yeah. Jolene, how about you? What 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 are your uh, feelings on the the recommending or not? Uh, I didn't really like it. No? In general, didn't I, like it? Yeah, I was just bored with it, which is the, the ultimate sin. Of, yeah, that and is. This, this is, again, like a, a short that got turned into a, a feature length. It shouldn't happen. Should have um, stopped halfway. Yeah, I, yeah, as a short and with this lead actor's terrific. I well, mean, there's, there's like the, the woman who plays his wife, I forget her name, but she's really good as well. Yeah, she's good too. Suze. Yeah, make a longer short out of it, but don't make it a... F- you know it doesn't need to be a feature length yeah, yeah. There's, there's not much of a point to it no um, exactly yeah you're so. just following the adventure yeah so yeah maybe half an hour 45 minutes tops mm-hmm. yeah which uh, those are cool like i don't like shorts that are three to seven minutes uh for me if i want if it's a short i want it to be at least 20 minutes so it, yeah i think well, so the problem is with the marketing because shorts no, yeah, what play. do you do with it? You can't do anything with a short. That's the problem. Yeah, it has to be a festival or a compilation or. Mm-hmm. Although you would think with things like YouTube and short Shutter and short even, attention spans of literally everybody. <laughs> what were we talking about? <laughs> uh, you would think shorts would play. You you might have a uh, a venue to play them. With Shutter or YouTube, yeah, Shutter has a bunch of shorts on it. You know, okay, yeah. At least they did before, because when we when I was trying to do uh, thirty one days of Halloween a few years ago, and I was very busy with something else, there were a couple of nights where it's like, I have to watch something. Let's you know, and I picked something short from Shutter, and three minutes. <laughs> again, I can't hang with that. Three minutes is too short for a short. Uh, I, I will say that I can I can recommend this to the right person. I can't be like really general about recommending it. Um, I'd say someone who likes all of the things that it reminds us of might also enjoy this. And if they like the manic ride, uh, similar to the movie Crank, you know, yeah, this this could be something you would dig. Um, I think horror fans probably they'll dig some of the crazy stuff that happens in this. And, uh, I don't know about normal people cause I don't know a lot of them, but, uh, I think for horror fans, this, this is a, uh, it's a recommend for me. Not, uh, not a higher recommend than the things it's derived from or, or similar to, but that's cool. Yeah. Fair you enough. know, watch under the skin, mm-hmm. watch, watch it twice. Yeah. Watch Starman. You know, watch the man, man. I don't think I've seen Starman since about 1986. Really? Yeah, it's. Oh, I love it. Yeah, it's a good oh, no, movie. Oh no, I remember it was really good, and I even enjoyed the television show. <laughs> Does anybody remember Starman? 
I I know they tried to make a lot of movies in the TV shows. I think it was only maybe one season, and it yeah. ended on a cliffhanger, and it really annoyed me. It's still hanging on that cliff? Yeah, it's like, oh, I, was, I don't remember what it was now, but... Uh, well, anything else before we call it a show? No, I don't think so. Oh, cool. Well, we'll be back. Although the guy, I have to say, I'll say throw it. this out here. The friend he runs into at the pub who's got the uh, theory about Mickey Mouse. Oh, yeah. That is true. Oh, about the blackface thing and the hands yes, thing? Yes, yes. Yeah. See, th- that kind of reminds you of Tarantino with the Top Gun story. Yeah. Yes, it, it, that. People discussing other media in the movies. Mm-hmm. So ubiquitous in the 90s oh my god yeah yeah there it is (laughs) yeah there's a movie called sleep with me uh where tarantino is just a character at a party and he's talking about uh top gun so Mm. for anyone who hasn't seen that you can find it on youtube it's it's pretty entertaining so um yeah if that's uh if, if that's it for fried berry then uh Let's call it a show and do this again in a week. All right. Listeners, thanks for listening. Stay off the heroin.